Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This week on Cold Case Files on the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast, we're hearing the case of the most missingest man in America, New York State Supreme Court Judge Joseph F. Crater. Welcome to an all-new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. This season, we dive into the most horrific unsolved murders in history. From the Black Dahlia murder to the unsolved murder of the Lady of the Dunes. Join us every Tuesday on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. I am your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the cold case unsolved disappearance of Judge Joseph F. Crater. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex. Check out poddex.com and use promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. It's Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, 21 for 10% off your first purchase. Now let's get into this case. Joseph Force Crater was born on January 5th, 1889. In Pennsylvania, less than 100 miles from New York City. Crater was a dapper dresser and hard worker, attending Lafayette College for his undergraduate education and eventually Columbia Law. He would meet his future wife, Stella Wheeler, while attending Columbia. Stella was married when she met Crater, but the young lawyer helped her with her divorce, and the two married in 1917. Crater worked as a law clerk and taught at various colleges around New York, eventually landing a job as a secretary for New York Supreme Court Justice Robert Wagner. Crater began practicing law at his firm when Wagner was elected to the U.S. Senate, becoming somewhat of a protege under the politician. Crater went on to become rather wealthy as a lawyer. In 1927, he bought an apartment on Fifth Avenue, as a gift for Stella, and the couple also enjoyed a summer home in Belgrade's Lakes, Maine. Crater's ambitions, however, weren't strictly financial, and the young attorney made quite a name for himself in politics. In April 1930, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, at the time governor of New York, appointed Crater to the New York Supreme Court. While the Great Depression was strangling much of the nation, Crater was earning $25,000 a year 
more than three hundred seventy-five hundred thousand in twenty twenty-one dollars. Worth mentioning too, by the way, the apartment he bought on Fifth Avenue, which is prime time, he bought that as a gift for his, I guess, wife at that point. On August second, nineteen thirty, only a few months after his appointment to the state supreme court, Crater and his wife arrived at their main vacation home. And there, Crater took several phone calls that Stella said angered him. Crater had to return to New York City for business the next day, but he told his wife he'd be back in Maine by August 9th for her birthday. Crater spent the night of August 4th at the 5th Avenue apartment and informed the maid he'd be heading back to Maine on the 7th. Crater went to his office on August 5th and again on August 6th. At one point on the 6th, he sent his secretary to the bank to withdraw $5,150, the equivalent of more than 80000 today. 80000 any day of the week, that's a lot of money to walk. It's hard to say because, like, rich scumbags operate differently. Maybe he's going to buy a yacht in cash. Who knows? He's obviously up to maybe something not great. The judge later returned to his apartment and dismissed the maid, telling her he was going swimming. Stella would later find this deal detail odd, as Crater reportedly did not enjoy swimming. I always think this is funny when these cases happen. There's usually something when there's a detail, people will be like, hey, that person never liked I Love Lucy. It's weird. They were watching I Love Lucy. That evening, Crater visited his friend and ticket broker, Joseph Gangski. Gangski, who arranged for Crater to attend the Broadway show Dancing Partner. Despite the fact that the show had only opened the previous night, some reports claim the judge had actually already seen it. In either event, Crater then made his way on foot to Billy Haas's Chop House in the theater district on West 45th Street. There, Crater dined with attorney William Klein and showgirl Sally Lou Ritz. Around 9.15, the trio left the restaurant. Crater reportedly got in a taxi presumably to get to Dancing Partner, and was never seen again. Though Judge Crater was last seen on August 6th, it wasn't until weeks later that people began to worry about the missing man. When her husband didn't show up in Maine on August 7th, Stella sent the chauffeur to New York to look for him. In the city, the maid told the chauffeur that the judge was bound to show up sooner or later, and that he'd make his way to Maine when he did. Meanwhile, the days ticked away. Stella assumed Crater was working, while his colleagues assumed he was in Maine with Stella. This would be a very boring episode of The Last 48, which you know is a when someone goes missing that chronicles the 48 hours after they're pronounced missing. His would just be Stella smoking a cigarette in the house, drinking a martini in Maine. His business partner's going, hey, two days off. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just floating face down in a pool. At the same time, however, it should be noted that it's pretty hard to jump to the conclusion, conclusion that a person you know and love has vanished. Especially when this guy seems to be a force of nature. If you haven't heard from someone in a couple of days, you're not like, oh, they must be gone forever. They must be wiped off the face of the earth. Eventually, someone realized Crater was missing on September 3rd, almost a month after he was last seen. Crater's disappearance was announced to the public. The next day, a missing person report was filed with the N NYPD, and his vanishing became a nationwide story. When someone didn't show up for something, people would say they, quote, pulled a crater, end quote. Now here we're getting into the point where obviously people are having a little bit of fun with this. Dead bodies found in hotel rooms were checked 
by police for resemblance to Crater. Nearly hundreds of witnesses were called in a grand jury inquiry regarding his disappearance. In 1931, the grand jury reached the only conclusion they could. They had no idea what happened to the judge. Never occurred to me how many bodies they could find in, a, in hotel rooms. I'm sure a, a lot. I always thought it would be fun to work at a hotel, and I still stand by that. But I think it would be sort of a bummer too, you know. You find dead bodies all the time. Be a maid, walk into a room to clean it, expecting maybe, oh, maybe this person left me a tip. Oh, well, that's a dead guy. With Joseph Crater missing and a grand jury unable to come up with any conclusions, it's time for us to judge some theories. first theory is that Crater ran away from his life to start a new one. Crater was well connected in the world of New York, democratic politics, during a time when such ties could have a liability. In particular, investigations into political corruption in the city were heating up, especially surrounding Tammany Hall, the notorious political organization that first became synonymous with corruption in the 19th century due to its use of boss rule. Some think Crater may have fled to avoid testifying against those who helped him throughout his career. Some also suggest Crater may have been buying and selling judgeships. Perhaps even his own on the New York Supreme Court. This claim was, never, was even made publicly by a Republican candidate for governor. If such accusations were true and the judge feared investigations surrounding Tammany Hall would expose him, then perhaps Crater decided to run instead of defend himself. Crater may have also fled his old life to start a new one with a mistress. The investigation into his disappearance turned up a rotation of beautiful girls he'd regularly socialized with, and he was known to have a fondness for showgirls. Crater's appetite for dancing and reputation as a womanizer led it to the nickname of Good Time Joe. Now that's a good name. I love that he had an appetite for dancing. Furthering this theory, in the years after his disappearance, there was no shortage of alleged sightings of the judge. In 1936, a gold prospector named Lucky Blackett went to the LAPD to report having met Crater near the gold rush town of Julian, California. According to Lucky, the man admitted to being the missing Supreme Court judge and said, quote, In one more year, I will be legally dead. I hope I can stick it out that long. End quote. Lucky's tip was actually supported by another report received by the LAPD's Missing Persons Bureau five years prior of a sighting just 60 miles from Julian. Local authorities, along with New York detectives, began a search. In their investigation, police spoke with multiple people who recognized Crater's photo. One storekeeper remembers the man buying $5 worth of food while another person said the man in the picture seemed to be well-educated, but sucked at mining. Needless to say, Crater was not found. Perhaps the biggest piece of evidence supporting the idea that Crater intentionally abandoned his old life was the large amount of money withdrawn from the bank on the date of his disappearance. 
It was later reported, however, that Stella found the money he'd withdrawn. Meaning, if he'd actually started a new life, he did so without the $5,150. I'd buy him giving it all up. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he was like, oh boy. We all know the best thing to do when you're tired is go, why do, don't I spend 24 hours on mine? My back hurts. Maybe swinging this pickaxe will wake me. I mean, I'm not talking about tired physically, mentally tired. You know, the glitz and the glamour. He's living by the seat of his pants, life, with all these showgirls, and he's keeping up with appearances with his wife, who he clearly doesn't give a shit about. Though, he doesn't actually change his wardrobe. He's just out there in a $3,000 suit, kneeled down by a river panning, just carrying the pick. He's got a top hat and tails, spats on, just completely cracked, just lost his mind. Our next theory is one posted by author and journalist Richard J. Pofal. That Crater's body was disposed of after he died of natural causes. To begin, Tofel believes one part of the story. Everyone was told that Crater got into a cab after dinner is incorrect. He examined the testimony of Crater's two companions that night and found that they both reported getting into a cab while Crater set off down the street on foot. Bolstering this allegation is the fact that Dancing Partner, the show he had a ticket for, was only a 10-minute walk away from the restaurant. Porter believes that after catching the second half of the show, Crater may have made his way to a nightclub, and then eventually wound up at a brothel, operated by famous Madame Polly Adler. He suggests that while soliciting services from the venue, Crater died of natural causes. Toffold claims an early draft of Adler's memoir is said to specifically mention Crater's death, and the subsequent removal of his body by one of Adler's mobster friends. Unfortunately, no copies of the early draft have been found. The final theory is that Judge Crater was murdered. According to NYPD historian John Podraki, some posit that far from being afraid to testify about Tammany Hall, Crater was prepared to expose the corruption and that the mob silenced him before he had the opportunity. At the time of her husband's disappearance, Henry asserted in an interview 25 years later, Stella Crater believed the judge had been kidnapped and murdered. Some claimed that one of his mistresses could have had a boyfriend with ties to the mob, or that Crater was being blackmailed by a showgirl who had her boyfriend kill the judge. The grand jury knew his disappearance brought up some possible connections to nefarious dealings, but as noted before, none of these links were strong enough to conclude anything. 75 years after Carter went, Crater went missing and 2005, Stella Ferrucci, good of Belrose, Queens, died at the age of 91. In her safety deposit box, her family found an envelope that read, Do not open until my death. Inside were notes that claimed Ferrucci Good's husband, Robert Good, who had died in 1975, knew what had happened to Judge Crater. The note said that over drinks with her husband one night, taxi driver Frank Burns claimed to have been driving the cab Crater got into after dinner. Burns reportedly drove a few blocks before two accomplices jumped into the car with him. The taxi driver took the judge to Coney Island, where Crater was murdered and buried under the boardwalk. While no motivation was given in the notes, a specific location was. 
By the time the letter was discovered, however, the New York Aquarium had been constructed, constructed over that section of the boardwalk. It is said that until her death every year on August 6th, Stellan Crater would visit a bar in Greenwich Village in New York City and order two drinks. Before downing one of the drinks, Stella would reportedly toast to her missing husband, saying, quote, Good luck, Joe, wherever you are. Then leave the other drink at the bar. Wealthy, powerful, and well-connected, Judge Crater was poised to be an influential figure in New York for years. Despite his high profile and decades of sleuthing, there's still almost nothing outside of pure speculation surrounding the fate of, quote, the most missingest man in America. Meaning whatever happened to Judge Joseph Crater that early August remains unsolved. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cold Case Files on the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Let us know your thoughts on this case and what do you think happened to Judge Crater. Send us a tweet at True Crime NS on Twitter or find us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash true crime never sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all new episode. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.